0: Hey everybody, welcome back to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I'm Tim. Here we are all about educating you if you're thinking about jumping into full-time ministry, equipping you if you're already in, and encouraging you if you're considering jumping out, because we all need some encouragement in those seasons. And we want to empower you to follow godly leaders. Uh, We want you to be able to follow them uh, very well and understand maybe even a little bit more of their world and how they're navigating church leadership. Today we get the awesome pleasure of being able to interview Mark Sikma. He is the pastor of Matthias Lot in St. Charles, Missouri. But he has, specifically what we're focused on here, is that he has written a Christmas uh, fictional novel uh, that is very focused on the gospel message and Jesus Christ coming and ultimately being our Lord and Savior. And uh, it is a great book. I actually have the book, however... This is the old school book because they just released a national version through LifeWay uh, that looks different than that. Uh, so I, got, I was given that about two years ago by somebody in my church who's connected to Mark. And uh, it's become a family tradition for us after two years to read this alongside of Luke 2. And we'll talk a little bit more th- about that with Mark. I love Mark's heartbeat for ministry, his heartbeat for the gospel, his heartbeat for the church. I think it'll come through, and it wouldn't shock me if uh, Mark ends up back on here at some point talking about ministry side of things and not just uh, um, a book that can can support you in your ministry. But uh, enough of me talking about all this. Let's get into this interview with Mark. Well, hey, Mark, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Looking forward to this interview uh, on your Christmas book.
1: Good morning, Tim. Thanks for... Thanks for having me, brother. It's a joy and honor and humble that you would invite me. Your goatee's looking solid today, brother.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. I pre- I just uh I just got it all looking it nice fresh. this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks fresh. Yours is much fuller than mine is.
1: <laughs> I just have to I just got to keep things equidistant, man. So that's <laughs> That's
0: so true. Yep. <laughs> that's so true. Uh well, hey, you're the So you're the pastor of Matthias Lot. How long have you been at Matthias Lot now in St. Charles?
1: Yeah, we started Matthias uh in 2005. So, okay. uh, we're about we're about 18 and a half years old. All right. Which, uh, which means I'm very old. That's what that <laughs> means.
0: Give us give us some of the history of how like you can just do bullet point it if you want to, but how did you get to planting a church in St. Charles with Matthias lot?
1: Yeah, my 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 view of the church um was shaped by by many different uh, factors, uh, some beautiful and awesome from my childhood, and and others that um, that were troubling. I, I think culturally, um, in American Christianity, I I struggle with how um, how we we read in our Bibles that that Jesus is risen from the tomb, but but some of my experience was that. Um, people were hosting Jesus funerals every week. You know, they they preached like Jesus was dead. They sang like Jesus was dead. They um, they served like Jesus was dead. And and again, at, at every time I read the Word and and encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, I I just I just saw more and more that the tomb was empty. That it was just as much Easter Sunday uh, this morning as it is uh, come March or April. So uh, so I, I just began to have a, a burden for. Um, really helping people understand um the, the bride of christ biblically not 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 perfection. i mean it's broken it, it, it needs a savior it needs jesus and so i think a lot of those things um led after seven years in student ministry uh led us to this this very clear calling uh, to rally a crew and, and plant matthias and so we we had six folks in our basement it was the start uh, of the church and uh and the lord's been super gracious and 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 really for us just to just to center on okay what does it really mean uh, to be followers of Jesus uh, here and now right now submitting to Him uh, seeing Him as as not just a a teacher but but as as King as Lord so it's it's truly been a beautiful journey and and we had our our three worship gatherings last night so I'm 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 fresh off of uh, being being encouraged by all that all that the Lord's doing
0: I no I I saw that you got so you have three services on Wednesday night. Uh, speak to that. I mean, I know, I know why you have it on Wednesday night, but tell everybody that would be listening why Wednesday night versus a Sunday.
1: Yeah. So when we were planting, um, I grew up and Sunday was the busiest day of the week. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, making these statements to, uh, to, to go against, <laughs> um, the, the traditional setup, obviously, uh, Jesus w- was resurrected on the first day of the week on Sunday. We see Paul in Acts 20 gathering on the first day of the week. So the first day of the week is significant yep. uh, in in the body of Christ. Um, I, I just grew up, I think, connecting busyness and holiness. Okay. Believing the more that I I did on Sundays, like the amount of time that I spent at the church building, that, that somehow that made me more holy. Mm-hmm. And and that wasn't the intention of my parents, or wasn't the intention uh, of the church at all. But but that's just what I I think I grew up perceiving. And so it led me to, to start studying the biblical Sabbath. And it turns out uh, that, that God uh, created it in six days and then rested on the seventh. And it wasn't because he needed a nap. He, he, didn't, need a, uh, he didn't need to take a break, um, but what, he, what he's doing is he's setting in, in creation a, a rhythm, a six-in-one rhythm. Uh, and so after the Israelites um, had spent uh, 400 plus years in Egyptian uh, slavery, just outside of that uh, the release from that slavery and then God institutes in the ten Commandments the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and initially it was a it was a party it was like hold on a second we've been working in bondage you know every single hour of every single day and you're telling us Lord that that we can take a day and cease and celebrate um, so anyway long story short it's just through all of that study and then seeing what Jesus says in Luke 6 that he's the Lord of the Sabbath uh, it led me to to really ask God, w- would you call us to pursue a different kind of rhythm? Again, not making us better or our rhythm more right, yeah. just more of a specific uh, to our calling. And so, from the from the onset, we had a, a Wednesday night corporate gathering, Sunday small groups who call them La families. Uh, th- th- those families are really integral into the life of the church. And so, yeah, last night we met at 5:30, 7:10, and 8:45. I, I, uh, you know, our, our late gathering is hundreds of college students didn't didn't get done with that till about 10: 30 and and, uh, and then on Sundays we gather right now in 25 homes and and uh, just pursuing the Lord in a really rich way and so my my kids they have an entirely different experience like I, I grew up thinking hey are we going to church today and uh, my kids uh, they say hey is, is the church coming over today so that they truly see uh, the church as as the people you know as you know I, I forget how to do all this but <laughs> <laughs> the, not not the steeple but yeah, the people. yeah, you know? yeah.
0: <clears throat> cool man. Uh, also, you you have a unique uh, church name, and I want you to speak to that because it does play. We're gonna go, we're gonna talk about your Christmas book here in just a second. I think it plays into that a little bit. So, uh, explain Matthias Lot, like why why that name?
1: Yeah, so I uh, when I called the guy that we planted with initially, and and said, hey man, I think I have the church name. Uh, I, I think he was expecting, you know, for First Church of God of St. Charles of Holiness, or you know, <laughs> something that would. Describe the location, and uh, I said, "No, man, I, I have it. It's it's Matthias's lot." And uh, and after several seconds of silence, um, he was uh, he was slightly confused, and, and, and I understand why. Um, but but Matthias really represents um, our vision. So after after Judas commits suicide in Acts chapter one, uh, Peter stands up in front of about 120, and, and this is crazy because Peter just denied the name of Jesus to a nine-year-old servant girl, and now. After seeing the resurrected Jesus, he stands up in, in front of these folks and says, okay, what happened to Judas was sovereign. Uh, that, that was part of God's plan. And now someone needs to take his place. And so essentially in the apostolic ring, uh, th- there was a, a gap of sin that Judas had left. And so they, they, they call forward two people, uh, Joseph, who was also called by and then Matthias. And uh, they cast lots and the lot falls to Matthias. In other words, his, his singular purpose, excuse me, in scripture was to restore integrity to the apostolic ring and mm-hmm. and that's that's our heart as a church again to be a small part of restoring integrity uh to what the concept is uh what the concept is of the bride of christ and that's not because we're doing it right or better but but just pursuing uh gospel centered christ centered community and and so in spite of all my brokenness and sin and and the bodies it's been beautiful to see god's grace amidst it all so so when people say hey where do you go to church and we really have to encourage our folks on the vision piece because once they say Matthias, you know, some people ask, you guys kill chickens or something. And, <laughs> and it's, it's really just uh just a way of, of encapsulating our vision.
0: Yeah. I think it's really cool. And it gets into, uh, the Christ of Christmas. I'm going to show my book, but this is, you're going to have to show yours because this is not what it looks like <laughs> anymore. I have the so. old school book. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the the old the old school book was man, it's it's uh, that's that's near and dear to my heart, a ton a ton of work and effort. But here's here's the new version that uh, that Lifeway just uh, just dropped here uh, six weeks ago or so. Pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it is. So l- let's talk a little bit about it. How did you come up with this story within the Christ of Christmas?
1: Yeah, we were passionate uh, about empowering our people uh, around Christmas time to really embrace mission. In other words, um, what I've noticed about culture is even in what's becoming more and more post-Christian, it seems or feels that there's a nostalgia to Christmas mm-hmm. that uh, that lends opportunities to talk about Jesus, to talk about uh, the Lord, um, even with non-believers in, in a way that seems unique to to Christmas time, and so. Uh, we started really utilizing that opportunity around Christmas time several years ago by passing out thousands of Bibles, uh, uh, age-appropriate uh, Bibles. And it was awesome. It was an awesome initiative. But um, if, a, if a Bible gets in a non-believing home, you know, without the opportunity to to be helped or guided through how to read it or how to work through it, um, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And so yeah. um, so the, the book was really prompted by, okay, h- how do we get how do we get just the real true gospel, uh, into homes? And, and so I, I just started praying through it and, and truly in, in one day, uh, the Lord just laid this, this story, um, on my heart and, and, and wrote it in a day and, and was super excited about the project. And so we, you know, we wrote this first version and my daughter's handwriting, we, we made into a, a computer font. And so that was the font of the first book and a, a buddy in our church uh, did all the illustrations. And, um, and so for a couple of years, we, we just self-published uh, the book and then folks just started saying, hey, I think there's I think there's something here maybe that maybe has an opportunity to, you know, to, to travel more um, to travel more nationally. And uh, and so um, through a literary agent, Lifeway picked it up uh, about a year and a half ago. And we've been working on it uh, all the way up until about six months ago. So re- really excited to see the lord uses it um it's been a humbling process and journey for sure
0: yeah so my i i think i got it um i'm pretty sure dave lay gave it to me two years ago i'm pretty that sure. sounds about right okay that sounds about right <laughs> and so i was just like all right you know and and people know i, I read books and so they just give me books and i just kind of set them to the side and i'm like i'll get to it it's on my stack. And uh, but this one I picked it. Up. I was like, all right, it's quick, easy. Like let's let's see. And I was like, whoa, I like this. And mm. so and my wife read it, and we were like, we're just gonna start. We read Luke two as a family every year. Yeah. And so we just started reading this alongside of Luke two every year. So it's kind of become uh, our tradition. As it's becoming a tradition in our family as well. So I've really mm. appreciated. It. Mm. I, lo- I, I go ahead.
1: Great, gra- grateful to hear that. And that's that's really what. The story is about, it's about, um, a mom who, who sets a new family tradition. Yep. And, uh, and even though her husband, uh, isn't aligned with her, uh, she takes, a, a little wooden manger and a little wooden cross and with, uh, initially her daughter and then soon to be son, uh, really tells the story of why Jesus had to be born and why Jesus had to die. And, and then the story follows this family as uh, the gospel begins to, uh, to take root um, in hearts and change lives. And it's, um, it, it's, it's still every time I even just think about it because it's just, it's, it's you and I story, um, the power of the gospel, it, it brings, uh, brings tears uh, to my eyes. Just, just thinking about what Christ has done, uh, in our life. It's, it's, uh, it's humbling.
0: It has been interesting, even in both years, like if, as uh, we're navigating the story, my, my children have, I have three kids, two uh, daughters and a son. And they, asked, they have asked different questions in each year. So it is interesting mm-hmm. how, it, and I would even say, no matter what your family dynamics are, uh, it is a very powerful story that will connect with whatever your family dynamics are. I think you did a good job of connecting it to a mm-hmm. lot of families, not just like mm-hmm. one specific family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I think that was a, a huge, a huge intention. Mm-hmm. It's just recognizing the, the diverse way that God has made up uh, families, and, and really wanting it to connect, um, connect with both families that have a church background, uh, families that have no faith background at all, but, but are, are curious or interested. And uh, and that's the stories and the feedback that we've gotten back and really excited again to see this year, um, at, you know, as it's taking taking a, a broader approach just to see some of the some of the stories that come back of how the gospel got into homes, We we just did a big initiative. in our community uh we call it coats for kids where uh we we give out 220 uh coats to families that um you know kids that are um you know come from situations that are that are harder financially we were able to get to to gift the book uh to every one of those families and so have no idea where their faith background is but just the thought of the gospel um and and the gospel shared in five or six different ways in the book just just that getting into homes and families uh, reading that is uh, again, our hope is that, that all of a sudden we see Christ take root in some homes where where he hasn't been.
0: So on that note, because um, you talked about even doing like a big initiative where you handed a Bible and this book out uh, even previous to this year. If a church is hearing that and it's like, yes, let's do that, uh, have you learned some ways that this is more effective versus others? I mean, obviously doing it is better than the way you're not doing it, but have you learned some ways that are— Uh, have been effective in trying to get into people's homes this way
1: yeah so we we hosted uh two years ago our very first neighborhood nativity okay and and basically what what that is and it's continuing this year is we we found a mobile petting zoo (laughs) and so on on my front lawn we set up a manger scene with mary joseph uh, jesus and then this mobile petting zoo brought Uh, brought essentially a live nativity uh, to my cul-de-sac. And so we invited our entire subdivision. We did hot chocolate, cookies. uh, You know, they're able to pet the animals, engage with the manger scene. And then in that brief time, um, I I read the story of of Christ's birth. We gave out Bibles and and the books and, and truly just engaged my neighbor. So we did it the first year. We had like 250 folks from my neighborhood last year, about the same. And, and this year now we're doing it in multiple neighborhoods around. And so I think like even, even if you don't have a, a petting zoo at your access, uh, there's a ton of unique ways, uh, both as a church, to empower your people uh, missionally. And, and again, that's that's what the book does is it, it gives an opportunity in a non-assuming way yep. to, to, to be a gift to neighbors, coworkers, friends. Um, that, that was the intention was that, you know, if I'm someone that isn't used to to sharing my faith all the time. Uh, this book could be an entrance into conversations with unbelieving neighbors or with coworkers that are curious. And and so there's a ton of, we're partnering with a lot of churches this year to, to help empower pastors and, and, and lay folks, uh, just on how to see this man, like, let's, let's go. I mean, again, Christmas, um, our, our Christmas, our culture is on alert. Yes. So let's really see this as an opportunity to engage. Uh, a culture that is in need of jesus with uh, the thing that they ultimately need the power of christ and and so excited excited to see how the lord uses all that awesome man
0: yes go get the book if you're uh an, if you have an outreach ministry if you are a pastor that you're like man we i think we could do this uh you can do it very simply like i mean the thing you said like you don't have to rent the suit, but just even any sort of nati- i it, during christmas season people will show up for free gifts like
1: yes however
0: yeah. you want to present that like and it just is an easy way easy access to get the gospel out there feel free to read the book for yourself but i can tell you what he said is what mark said is absolutely true uh it is uh easy is an easy entrance into hearing about the gospel and reading mm. reading about uh the story of christ um absolutely mm.
1: And, and encouraged by that, brother, and and just like the the easiest way, real quick to uh, to get it, it's on Amazon, of yes. of course. Uh, but Christianbook.com we found uh, right now has uh, has the best shipping costs, and so okay. in, in bulk orders, that's a that's a a quick way to uh, to get your hands on on several of those.
0: And we will add all the links, so check out social media in in the description of any podcast, or if you're on YouTube, it'll all be in there. So make sure you check that out. Um, that being said, uh, we uh, what are some other books that have impacted your ministry? We try to equip people that are already in ministry, or um, even those that are considering ministry. We want to educate them on what ministry is all about and and serving the church. Do you have any books or podcasts? You're just like you need to you need to read this. You need to check this out.
1: Yeah, I, I would say uh, that there, there is one that is a must, and, and every intern, um, every resident, every person that gets trained in ministry um, in our tutelage, uh, they're directed to a book by Leonard Ravenhill called Why Revival Tarries. and uh, in, a, I in had, a really... I amazing. have
0: it on my shelf somewhere. Let's go,
1: let's go. <laughs> in, a, in a really important time in my life, um, that, that book uh, came across um my desk and and absolutely uh impacted and, and changed the way that I view uh, prayer mm-hmm. changed the way that that I view um, how to engage um, a church body into not just being a um a church that prays but to be a praying church it really uh convicted me as a pastor of the the times where I've rested or relied on my gifts mm-hmm. uh, trusting in the, the power of Christ. And, and, and that's our heart for St. Charles is, is we want to see revival. We want to see through the long game of ministry here, um, droves of salvations. And we're seeing pockets of that and, and certainly great movements. But I would say any, any person who is, who is uh, wanting to either disciple others or is in ministry or is you know, wrestling with what's next, uh, that, that book is, uh, man, it is a, it is a match, uh, to, a to an igniting, uh, igniting flame in your, in your soul. So I've, I've, re- I've read it now 10 or 11 times. It's just kind of, just kind of on repeat. Uh, so I, I would, I would highly recommend that. Why Revival Terry's?
0: Yeah. So my, the pastor that I would say taught me, I was in ministry. I was a pastor, uh, but I would say the pastor that taught me how to actually be a pastor. Um, he had that book. I bought it because of him uh and he did his doctoral work on revival he called it rev rev it's revitalization but he called it revivalization and yeah uh, that was one of his books that he used yeah so it's powerful I, yep i'm a fan uh any other books or or podcasts or anything
1: i mean that 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 for me is the, okay. the, the that for me is the is the is the one yep. i mean uh Tozer's, um, Tozer's works, uh, knowledge of the holy. I, okay. I just, I, I generally read uh, folks that are that are long gone. Um, so, uh, so Tozer is. That is, is a,
0: that uh, it's me too.
1: Let's go, man! Yeah. Let's go. So, I, I so often
0: so. tell people that most of my mentors are dead. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But but between between Tozer, Spurgeon, and Leonard Ravenhill, I've I've been I've been discipled um by by all three uh, spurgeon wrote a book on spiritual warfare it's like 500 pages yeah. of a clip that. that's that's been a great one but yeah those those guys that you know the the scandals um are you know they're and, anything that could have come out has come out and and those guys are are now again not perfected but but tried and true and yep, no, no Book is the scripture, but the scripture, but those those resources have been helpful for sure.
0: Yeah, and the resources are becoming timeless because they keep getting proven in every generation. So yes, yeah. yeah so true. Cool, man. Well, uh, so we are about educating, equipping, but we're also about encouraging people in ministry. Uh, I'm guessing over the eighteen years, and especially as a church planner, you had some discouraging seasons. I know I've had them. Um what would you say to somebody that is in full-time vocational ministry that is just kind of in a season where they're just like, "Man, I don't know if I can do anything right. I don't know if anything can go right. Maybe, maybe they're even questioning their calling a little bit." What encouragement could you give them, uh,
1: right now? Yeah, I was uh, I was on the brink of, uh, of 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 quitting at the end of 2017. I lost a dear friend to suicide. And I just uh, I just grown, um, grown tired of uh, cancer and divorce and sin and uh, suicide and hurt. And I, I was just I was uh, very, very weary. And I was in the basement of um, this church. Getting ready to do a wedding it was kind of the last thing that my wife and I had agreed upon before going to my elders and just saying, I, I just can't do it anymore. Hmm. And as I was in the basement uh, of this church, flipping through the the word, I mean, I preached thousands of sermons and. I was just in such a dark place, just literally uh, scanning through the pages. Um, I land in uh, in Luke. And in Luke 10, there's this uh, this powerful story between Jesus, Mary and Martha. Now, I had read this story, you know, what what feels like a thousand times, but but sometimes it's the thousandth and first time. (laughs) Yeah and and so you know martha is is um is frustrated because mary's sitting there at the feet of jesus and martha's trying to be hospitable and just all of a sudden i mean i'm I'm locked in on the words uh, that jesus says martha martha you're troubled and anxious about many things mary is doing the one thing that's necessary and and in one like in one uh, moment all of the uh, just all of the darkness all of the um, all of the the shroud of uh, weariness was all of a sudden um, renewed through the power of Christ, and just hearing the Lord say, uh, "Mark, uh, there is one thing that's necessary, and and it's sitting at my feet." Hmm. And I thought I had a passion for Jesus before that. I, I had no idea what passion was for Christ, and and in the last uh, six years uh, since that day, uh, my my emphasis and focus. Uh, has not been on uh, seeking the approval of people, or or uh, getting caught in the expectations of ministry, or making sure I'm measuring up, or or finding my identity in you know in 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 what seems to be the the success or not success of the church. It's it's truly just been uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus and and, and enjoying His presence. And so uh, our staff meetings um, are not logistics. Our, our staff meetings are our, our heart our how do we stay there at the feet of Jesus how do we continue to seek him and pursue him uh, our church um, you would you would if you were to come here at some point you would you would just see a, a deep hunger um, not not for God's hand but for his heart um, not, not for the things that, that come from him but for him and, and so all of that has truly changed all of my perspective on this, this is year 25 for me in, in vocational ministry. And, and I'm just I'm so thankful for his grace on that day to rescue me and pull me out. Uh, we're, we're, we're in this life in between, we're, we're in between the, the ascension and the return of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be more cancer and more hurt and more pain and loss, suicide, more joys, more victories as well. And so the question is just what, like, what do we do? Like ministry leader, lay leader, uh, just person in a church. Like what what do we do in this life in between? And and what we're discovering is we do one thing and it, and it's from being with the Lord that then he sends you to work and then he sends you on mission and then he sends you globally and then he sends you to the field, you know, to, to work. I mean, he just, he sends you, his voice is guiding and directing. Now you're getting me fired up, bro. So I, I just... Um, i i've i i would just say to anyone who's struggling it's 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 reshaping your perspective on on what's truly important and necessary and uh the lord is so kind and gracious uh, to meet you in that broken place and the scripture says he's near to the brokenhearted and so uh lay, lay yourself before him and enjoy his presence
0: yeah i agree man and uh if if Anyone that's listened for any length of time, I think what you're hearing from person after person after person is that we have all been there and God has brought us through uh, different Mm. stories. It really is different stories for every person, but it is very much the same story as well (laughs) over Mm. and over again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Cool, man. I greatly appreciate you coming on, sharing a bit of your story, but then actually sharing your Christmas story uh, with us as well.
1: I I can't uh, can't thank you enough, Tim. Seriously, super super encouraged by your ministry and your heart, brother, and and even just being here today. It's uh, it's encouraging to to, to see the uh, the what's driving you, what's pursuing you, brother. It's it's awesome. So thank you so much.
0: You're welcome, Mark. I will talk to you later, man.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Bye bye.
0: There are just times where, as you probably can tell as I'm interviewing people, I am just loving the conversation. I think I could have I, I could have talked to Mark for hours, and I would have had fun, and I think you probably would have even uh, stayed around, because we were having a lot of fun having a conversation. Um, I am looking forward to what God continues to do through Mark and his ministry and Matthias Lot in the church. Make sure you buy this book. Like, I'm not just saying that I'm not saying that cause he's on the podcast. I use this book every year. I will probably go buy the newer edition here that just came out. Uh, I am definitely going to look for ways, uh, to include this into the community around me and have a chance for the gospel conversations, just even in my neighborhood and beyond. Uh, I'm looking forward to what God can do through, uh, Mark's willingness, uh, to reach out and, and write this book. And, um, uh, and I'm, I'm encouraged to see where it can go. So jump in, be a part of that. I'll include all the links in the descriptions, whether on a podcast, whether you're on YouTube, or if you just want to go to the social media uh, areas, we'll try to link it through those as well. Make sure you check that out. I appreciate all of you for being here, b- connecting, uh, jumping into this ministry podcast, uh, sharing it, liking it, writing reviews, doing all the things. I, I really, really greatly appreciate it. Uh, God's doing some cool things. People are being encouraged, and it's fun to hear uh, the stories of so many people that are just committed to living out their faith in Jesus and leading the church well. Uh, I hope it's an encouragement to you as well, and I'll see you next time.